You're tuning into Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. It was foretold that you would be here. Our long-awaited meeting has come at last. I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to. We need not be adversaries. The Emperor will show you mercy if you tell me where the remaining Jedi can be found. There are no Jedi. You and your Inquisitors have seen to that. Perhaps this child will confess what you will not. I was beginning to believe I knew who you were behind that mask. But it's impossible. My master could never be as vile as you. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the spoiler way. I am no spoiler. Thank you, Ahsoka and Vader, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoiler warnings. Things are getting worse just as they did back when I was your age. But back then, there were 10,000 Jedi Knights protecting the galaxy. Now, there's just you and me. We rob from the Empire, give to the needy. A noble cause. Yeah. I'm on my mark. Gotcha. Mission accomplished. Lord Vader. Yes, Master. The rebels of the Lothal system. Hunt them down. As you wish. Fighter, coming in at Mark III. Spectre Radio, welcome back. We are so excited. Woo-woo. Yes, so excited to get this podcast on the way. We are here today to do a recap of, um, I almost said Spectre Radio, (laughs) of Star Wars Wars Rebels Season 1 and 2. So this is our namesake, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but Before we kick things off, I just wanted to give uh, a little deeper dive of an introduction because we are actually going to be splitting up the series into two episodes. So for clones, you know, it was a long enough episode that we recorded and the guys and I were talking and we were like, man, it's not really our favorite. But we knew that with Rebels being our favorite as a group, we would definitely want to dive a bit deeper into, um, you know, each season if possible. So we went ahead and split it in half, four seasons total. So today's episode is covering season one and two, and the next episode following will be on seasons three and four. So more information on that to come, but I am so excited to really kick us off with our favorites in terms of the episodes and moments from Star Wars Rebels season one and season two. So to get this category going, I was kind of going to start with a question because when I was thinking about doing my notes for this episode, 
and explaining um, really to my mom who knows nothing about Star Wars, but still listens to the podcast. Love you, mom. Thank you. Um, I was trying to explain to her why this was so significant for us and like why we're called Spectre Radio. And I said um, to my mom, I'm like, well, you know how like Anakin is Darth Vader? And she was like, no, I don't know that. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, maybe that was a bad example. Or no, I said, no, that was not. I said, um, you know how Han's solo ship is called the Millennium Falcon? And she said, no, I don't know that. Um, Absolutely so, too quickly. <laughs> no, she literally had no idea. Oh, okay. And I was like trying, cause you know, of course I'm trying to explain what the ghost is to her. So I was like, let me start with the Falcon, like something she probably knows. She was like, no, I don't know that. Um, but I was like, anyway, well, that's what that's called. And I said, in, in the series Rebels, the ship that they, you know, fly is called the ghost. And then there's even a smaller ship that's like a, an escape pod, attachable, detachable thing called the Phantom, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was telling her the ghost and the Phantom, when they radio different people on the team, they call them Spectre 1, Spectre 2, whatever, depending on their call sign in the group. And then I was saying, like, that's why they're called Spectre is the ghost and the phantom. And I had never made that connection until I explained it to her, <laughs> like why their call signs were Spectre and it clicked to me in that moment. So I thought that was cool, but I was kind of thinking I would start with a question because this is just something I, I was wondering. So before we even kind of get into the category, I'm derailing the train immediately. <laughs> this is what happens when you let me kick things off. <laughs> Um, but I was wondering, like, if you guys could pick a call sign and pick a number, like if you, if there was no limitation, like what would you want to be called? You know, if it's Spectre one and obviously we've seen Spectre one through six, so it doesn't, you don't have to be limited to those choices. Do you have a preference Would would there be like a favorite number you would want to be called? Well, obviously the numbers are go in order of like their rank on the ship. Right. Obviously one is... I was Typically thinking maybe the, in order of how they were added, right? Yeah, because Ezra's Hera, number six. Hera's first, so right, but she 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 silently rules the roost. Mm-hmm. No, she's, for sure. She's the 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 mom of the group. But you I said don't really, silently. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't really think there's a ranking in terms of like Sabine versus um, Kanan versus Chopper versus Zeb, right? Like, uh, I, I think they all have they all have different duties. You know, it's not like. I would say it's the pecking order is Hera and then slightly above the others is Kanan, but the other four generally don't don't outrank each other. (laughs) Right. He's a Jedi. He's above it all. But anyway, did you guys have a. Speaking of call signs, did you know that Ewan McGregor's brother, who was in the Royal Air Force, do you know what his call sign is? I heard this. Yes. Does does Wyatt know? (laughs) OB2. OB2 instead of (laughs) Obi-Wan. That makes me so happy. I know. It was like, I'm like, I, I think that I've just, you know, become happy in 2021. Yeah. Oh, I found this out a couple of years ago, but I'd forgotten about it. Um, yeah. Call sign for me. Um, I like the DC universe um, and their, their newer thing for the past several years has been DC 52 as in they're following 52 comic book lines. So that's what their new universe is called. So if I was to have a short call sign, you know, DC 52 sounds fine. That's cool. Gosh, I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd have to keep it simple and keep it to the structure we already have, and probably just, just go Spectre Seven, because I feel like it flows. Um, no, I like that. That's perfect because my answer is Spectre Eight. 
<laughs> so I will so got, gladly go after you, Wyatt. So we got DC 52, Spectre 7, Spectre 8. <laughs> super, we're super original over here, me and Wyatt. Well, no, I was thinking, my mind was putting myself in the limitation of it would be Spectre and just like pick a different number. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, my email was always like Snoopy's Girl 8, and I won't tell you what the actual email address is so I don't get spammed. But yeah, that was like my username for everything and my favorite number growing up. And it's the infinity symbol. There's like so much meaning to it. It's just like my lucky numbers. So there you go. The number eight would be my my call sign. But sorry to de- derail the train. I just thought those two right off the bat. were kind of funny. Right, right, off, the right off the bat. But let's get back on track with our favorite episodes and moments from season one and two. So what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, there's only two episodes you can really pick from this. And it's obviously the uh, the how we finish season two, Twilight of the Apprentice. Okay, for sure. thank you. That two parter was wonderful. I mean, no, there's a lot of decent content in this, but as soon as this was released, obviously this was directed by Dave Filoni, as you can clearly tell that this 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 is his baby, especially with with Ahsoka being in this. This is his baby. Yes, and he's the voice of Chopper. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I did not. Yeah. He also voiced uh, Embo in the Clone Wars. So he does the weird voices. Well, and they gave him dialogue to read. So like in a lot of the scenes where like, you know, Chopper and Ezra are together, for example, like Chopper will say, you know, in whatever you know language he's speaking and Ezra will respond to him. And it's like, if you replay it, you can understand. It's yeah. just like somebody's. This is a bad idea. Yeah. In another room or whatever. Right. Yeah. So. There's right. your there's your access the archives. Dave Filoni is <laughs> chopper. <laughs> and I mean Twilight of the Apprentice for those who haven't watched Rebels in a long time. It's essentially where um, Cannon gets blinded. Darth Maul shows up randomly, and we get the fight between Vader, Vader, Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra, and mm-hmm. just a great climactic ending for season two, which definitely left you wanting more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Maul and the fact that he keeps calling uh, Ezra his apprentice. It's like, stop yes. it. I'm not your apprentice. Okay, my apprentice. He's like, oh, but you will be. You will be. <laughs> I liked, as much as I liked the second part of that episode um, a lot, I liked some things I noticed when rewatching it today of the first part of that um, that two-parter. It was very reminiscent. Um, so when Ezra first runs into Maul and he's kind of like almost in disguise a little bit, He's like, oh, you can call me old master. He hasn't revealed his identity yet. It was very much a parallel to how Luke met Yoda. Um, it, it was um, like he starts off, Luke has his back to Yoda and Yoda says something and he points his weapon at him. And he goes, away, put your weapon. I mean, you no harm. Maul was just like, please, please put your weapon away. I, I mean, you no harm. He says that mm. and he says, you know, like Yoda's like, I'm wondering why are you here? And he asks, uh, why are you here? And, and Ezra's like, I'm not going to tell you that. Um, and Yoda's like, you seek Yoda. And he goes, you seek knowledge. So he, it was like a parallel back and forth. That's so cool. And he tried, Ezra tries to like use the force to lift something heavy. And he can't at first. He's like, I can't, it's too heavy. Just like Luke was just like oh, trying yeah, to lift the, the X-Wing up. And, and he's, I can't. It's too big. So it was, it was a direct parallel. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And I what never a noticed great that. Catch. Yeah. So Andrew, how did Maul end up on Malachor? That's, and that, I, it, I, is, yeah. is, is this like the end of like his like crime syndicate? 
like everything kind of failed and just I ended up I think so because he was he never actually lied to Ezra because Ezra's like so you're a Jedi he goes no no not exactly yeah and he so won't go by you, Darth Maul anymore he's like he's so you're a, yeah exactly he, he says that he goes formerly Darth now just Maul but he's he's like so you're a Sith Lord no but I was a force wielder the Sith took everything from me. I once had power. Now I have nothing. So I think this yeah, is- Yeah, literally nothing. He doesn't even wear a freaking shirt. Like, yeah, he, he wears like a- deal? He wears He's a, a hoodie. Naked the whole he wear, time. He wears a hoodie like in with the, the desert, sides like, out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, I I'll just, give him a pass, I guess, but- He's also pretty toned, so I guess he's oh kind of like Matt. He's, like Ma- he's jacked. He's like Matthew McConaughey, how he kind of doesn't need oh a my shirt. God. But uh, literally, literally, <laughs> that was a psych oh, reference for okay, those of you who are psych. But um, <laughs> so I think this is at the end of his power. He's just like, okay, you know, I've had power. I'm kind of losing it, but I also don't care because I haven't gotten my revenge on Palpatine, who used me and then cast me aside when he got mm-hmm. Anakin. I have not gotten my revenge on Obi Wan where's what's a way i can accomplish both of those tasks with a single stroke i'm gonna go to malachor activate that temple and unleash havoc upon them so i think that's where this is because this is still four four years before a new hope and two and a half years before uh spoiler alert in season the end of season three when he finally duels Mm obi-wan right right for the last time yeah Yeah, I for my notes, I really just had that. Um, can I just say like all of season one? <laughs> I said, I said episode one. I literally went through like I have notes on so many episodes here, and I think for me, um, and we talked about this right at the top. You know, just comparing it to the Clone Wars um, series. I recently just did you know the initial watch of clones and rebels and we talked about this on our clones pod when i was like oh i really don't want to do this and it's just so slow and it's not that great and the guys were like no no you have to do it it's it gets better it gets better the first two seasons are really tough but it gets better and it did and they were right and we talked about that but i think um just even this week in preparation was starting to rewatch some of these episodes only really for like the second or third time. Some of them I, I have rewatched, but um, even just watching the pilot, you know, season one, episode one, um, that was just so good. It was such a gripping story from the get go. And I, I'm interested to hear Wyatt's take on this because I feel like, and you know, Andrew already kind of said this, that Ezra is such a interesting mirror image of not only Luke, but also Anakin. Um, they have so many similarities and as Star Wars loves to do, it's just kind of retelling and recycling a story because everyone's like, oh my God, episode four and, you know, um, what is it? The Force Awakens, they're the same story. It's so stupid, blah, blah, blah. It's a kid and, in the desert that has powers. Well, it's a kid in a <laughs> desert who's orphaned and has powers, yeah. right? So like Anakin, technically not an orphan because he's an adult, but he loses both parents. Ezra's parents are killed. Luke sees his father die. His mother was dead. He never met her, right? He watched um, his aunt and uncle, you know, who saw Watch his aunt and uncle get murdered pretty much, yep. Um, so yeah, I just found like all of that dynamic very interesting. And I, I'm thinking that's kind of the same lo- lo- line of thought that um, Palpatine or even Maul had in seeking him as an apprentice was, you know, he has so many similarities 
to these, you know, well, at that, at this point in the timeline, Anakin, right. And, and Anakin even kind of identifies that, you know, when they meet. So, um, I just thought the symmetry was really interesting. You're like, Oh, a desert planet, another desert planet. I see what's happening here. I mean, at least they know where to start. (laughs) They have the same starting point. But it's cool because it's not the exact same story, but it's still, it was still way more interesting. Like one of my favorite episodes um, is actually episode four, the whole Lou run like storyline. Like it's just so goofy and silly, but it's, you're like, you want to know what happens, right? It's just the, the d- dynamic between Ezra and Zeb to me is one of my favorites. Um, and they're just like, like the two of you, they're just like at each other's throats, but they're best friends at the same time. It's like, they give each other crap all the time. You're, you're both looking at me like I'm crazy, but it's true. Anyone can see that. Um, we'll have but to yeah. take your word for it. And so will everyone listening <laughs> to this podcast. Unless they <laughs> know you, you know, but true. yeah, the season one, we get to see Ezra build his lightsaber and get his kyber crystal. And he hears from Yoda. Um, I loved every little piece that we get with a tie fighter there were so many episodes that featured that and they stole one and then oh we gave it back and spoiler alert we never gave it back we still have it now we're gonna use it again i just watched that this morning <laughs> yeah and there were like and that didn't happen just once like that happened so many times mm-hmm. um we got the ahsoka reveal in this season which was super dope and just so cool that she's the original fulcrum and just kind of was like yeah it's me whatevs um, so I thought that was great. We you get know, Princess you know where Leia she gets that again. code name from, right? No, Fulcrum. Um, I think, yeah, I think they talked about it in the season seven um, of, of the Clone Wars, which in, in all fairness, that came out after this. Um, but it was originally, I think it was Saw Guerrera's um, code name because when Ahsoka first goes to contact them and Admiral Yalarn is like, oh, we got a, we got a hit on your, your code name Fulcrum. And he's like, oh, Saw, is our uh, our siege on Onderon not not going well? But it was actually her. So she kind of she kind of uh, adopted it. Um, but yeah. I did not know that. I thought yeah, that was pretty and cool. I, I definitely had way more for season two as well about we get the Princess Leia reveal, which was super cool to connect everything there and just seeing how clever she was of, yeah, steal my ship and I'm I'm a prisoner and help me kind of thing it it was so so great and And she's like the same age as Ezra and she's already that clever yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you can definitely see that and and she's she's definitely learned some of that from her father from Mm -hmm. her adoptive father and you can tell that too but we get the first of many times where nobody remembers or cares about Fizago and I'm sure that will come up again (laughs) but this poor guy (laughs) like no wonder he ends up doing what he he does but this poor guy, nobody ever remembers him. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Wyatt. That's uh, the last note I had was uh, episode 21 and 22. That finale was just so good. So action packed. Um, we get, you know, right before that episode 18, we get to see Kanan obtain that status of becoming a Jedi Knight. Um, that whole last arc in season two was was just perfect to me. I agree. I, for me, I liked the first season. I didn't like it more than the second season. I liked the second season more, but I liked from the first season, obviously I liked the, the first two episodes. Um, and then I, I liked, aside from the first two, 
and the last two episodes were, um, you know, they got to go rescue Kanan and they defeat the Grand Inquisitor. I liked Idiot's Array with Lando. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you know, I'm a connoisseur. Oh, that means we know what it means. He's like, he's like trying to impress all the women and like pissing off all the guys. You know, he's trying to impress Hera, which pisses Kanan off. He's trying to impress Sabine, which makes Ezra jealous. And and he's and you know Ezra's just like I know what that means and he walks out Zeb what does that mean you know so I liked I liked those and then season two it was uh I liked pretty much all of them but um I like when they run into the clones you know after all these years and Kanan's gotta you know yes. put aside the fact that he was like 10 or 12 years old when they tried to kill him and they they killed his master um Depa Balapa who was originally on the Jedi Council in episodes one and two um, I like the siege of Lothal when um, they run into Vader and they have to fight him for the first time. And they're like, they're like, do you feel that the cold? And like, that's how they were able to like tell that he was a Sith Lord. And they, you know, we haven't felt that since the clone wars. So it was kind of, it, it was scary to them. I loved all the in-between episodes, um, especially stealth strike where they run into the, uh, the gravity well ship that can pull the ships out of hyperspace. I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and just, Kanan and Rex always bickering at each other. Yeah, I do. I do really enjoy getting to see Santa Claus Rex. I think that's really <laughs> Santa Claus Rex. <laughs> there was a scene in South Strike when they were flying in the stolen shuttle, and they looking at Sabine who just spray painted in the shuttle. It was it was Rex and Kanan fighting together. Oh yeah. He's like, I don't know why she does this. I believe it's called artistic expression. Yeah, well, my expression's all wrong. I am not happy about this mission. <laughs> really, that wasn't clear. So it was, they just, they had a lot of good give and takes. And I, I think Kanan was really good at being sarcastic this season. So that's, that's what I, uh, that's what I preferred. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine putting yourself in Kanan's shoes, especially early season one, where, you know, Order 66 is still pretty fresh. And like he literally has to hide. Like he he doesn't even keep his weapon like in, in an open holster. He keeps it hidden on him. Yeah, he takes and, it apart. Yeah, yeah, he, he takes it apart that way. If someone finds one one piece, they won't think to look for uh, the second half of it. Mm. And to think he literally has to hide the fact that he's force sensitive, the fact that he knows how to wield a lightsaber. Like if I'm a if I'm a Jedi, I'm flaunting it. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Can you imagine like having that ability? Oh my gosh! And using it just in everyday life would just be such a flex I'd, and I would, so useful. I would like, do how... a total unfortunately, yeah. With the with the with a fruit and kind of like yes. floating stuff. Yeah. Literally, like, how could you go back to doing regular things like getting up off the couch, going to the fridge, and grabbing a drink? Like, no. I, sorry. Yeah, I read a couple of books <laughs> that are not uh, canon anymore that are legends, but they were about like Jedi survivors that had to practice reaching for their blaster on instinct instead of reaching for their lightsaber, mm. and no wow. more like using the force to open the door, which is like you guys were saying. How do you go back to that? Because yeah, literally them being themselves would get them killed. Right. So unlearn that. It's like, it would be like me unlearning every nerd thing that I know because it would get me shot in the face. <laughs> you know, like how many people Not gonna will like start You'd a be quote dead and in I'll 30 finish seconds. a quote from a nerd thing. I would be dead. How many times do you bring up another fandom on this podcast? I'm not complaining about it. I'm just making an observation because I'm totally guilty of it too. But I yeah, think I've, so I've lost track. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Doctor Stargate, Who, Doctor Stargate. Who. I think I said Psych a minute ago. Um, yeah. Yep. 
But that's what we do as 20-something-year-olds. We connect it to other stories. This is so true. I quoted Dumbledore today at work, and everybody loved it. <laughs> well, that's that's some of our that's some of our favorites from season one and two. So let's go the other direction and talk about some of our least favorite episodes. To me, it's hard to find a least favorite because it's all good. So if yeah. I really had to pick anything, it's season one, episode six, just breaking ranks. So it's basically where Ezra goes into the oh, I loved academy that one. and kind of goes like behind the scenes. It it bugs me a little bit because I almost went into the military. And so that's not as it's not that easy to get in. So no, like, it's not. And so like, but, it's, but it's the Empire. They're probably desperate oh, for cadets. I mean, you, they, <laughs> they're not. They took on Han Solo. They have hundreds of billions of I mean, soldiers you're by now making they're not my desperate. argument you're making my <laughs> argument for me they took on soldiers. and they would have made so, him shave his head but the fact that i had to dive that deep and to figure out something wrong with an episode really speaks volumes to rebels yeah i completely agree i i really couldn't pinpoint an exact episode that i mm -hmm. did not like um i i definitely had way more notes about my favorites um but in terms of like my least favorite moments and I'm, I'm going to preface this with a question for Andrew, but like the Inquisitor, like the only cool thing about that dude was his lightsaber, like the spinny whoa, 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 the Harry thing. Potter style. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. No, no, um, not Harry Potter, the Mary Poppins style. I, I knew what you meant. I knew yeah. what you meant. Yeah. It's just, um, it was really cool, but like his teeth cool. really freaked me out. I yeah, was like, he, what is this I think situation? they went to hype him up. Like he was a bigger deal than he actually was. And he just wasn't like, he wasn't the, that scary to me. He was just his coolest there. moments were like one, his coolest moment was in season two after he was already dead when they were in the Jedi temple and it, re yes. it was revealed that he was a temple guard. Yes. Um, actually, it was later revealed that um, during the Clone Wars, during Barriss Offee's trial, when she bombed the Jedi Temple and framed Ahsoka, he was one of the um, one of the arresting officers as far as so he was there listening to her speech. And that's kind of what led him to when Anakin walks in with the 501st to slaughter the Jedi Temple. He's mm -hmm. like, OK, I'm going to turn around and slaughter my friends. So that was pretty much his, his coolest moment. The other, the only cool thing about him is that it's, um, uh, what's Draco Malfoy's father's name, the voice Lucius? actor, Lucius? Oh. the voice actor. It's like, um, Isaac's something, John yeah. Isaac's, I don't know, but he's, he's the guy who voices him and he's a great Jason, Jason Isaacs. Isaacs. Yeah. He's a great voice actor. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. It was kind of hard to pick least favorite episodes um mine was possibly breaking ranks too not because i didn't like it but it, it kind of bored me and then children i of love the a Force, side mission though <laughs> I, I listen i like side You're missions the only as much one as that do, that i like side like missions it. more than i'm most not people the do. only one i know that for a fact there's other people out there listening Dude, half the show is a side mission yeah this is so, so true this i'm is okay exactly with it. True. it it just this particular side mission and then children of the force when the Inquisitors go to kidnap the children kind of bored me a little bit compared to the pace of the rest of the season. Right. So, But me. I had a question about the Inquisitor before you move on. So do we get more on him in any of like the comics or books? Because yeah, like you were saying, like I feel like in, in this series, at least he just kind of, he just is there. 
he's the bad guy that's about it he's he's called the grand inquisitor so he was in charge of all the other inquisitors so he Mm. could fight better than all of them i'm not exactly sure how many there are but um from their appearances in various pieces of canon there's at least eight of them i heard there was at least 13 yeah well they're yeah because of their numbers there are probably at least 13 um ahsoka kills one in her novel the ahsoka novel um then that's how she gets her kyber crystals and that's that's why they're white because when there are no in canon there are no red kyber crystals you basically right 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 you have to like this you have to basically commit murder and have hatred in your heart with a either blue or green or purple kyber crystal and it bleeds it so the so she her purifying them they don't go back to blue or green they stay white so that's how she gets it so she oh so she purified red red crystals she purified how do you how do you do that through the force through being good i don't exactly know how that how that works i don't really remember it from the book she kills one uh they kill a few of them in season two Um, tell me how my quarantine brain was like purell But Clorox there, wipes. There's Lysol. some more. I think he helps Vader in that comic. There's there was a comic. He helps Vader hunt down the librarian Jedi, Joe Costa knew. So she was like the first Jedi on their list. And he didn't know who Vader was. So he was just like, Why did the Emperor send you to be in charge of me? I'm the best lightsaber fighter here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, and then he just goes, Oh, really? They fight for like four seconds and Vader like schools him. Yeah. He's like, he's like I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy, basically, <laughs> is how that goes. I mean, so his lightsaber was more. cool, but I feel like it's like the dudes that drive big trucks, like it's like you can't show off with that. You know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> not a good much. driver. <laughs> like that kind of thought. Wow. I, I called all of you out. What an analogy. <laughs> I went for it. It's all good. So to answer your question, yeah, there is a little more about him in uh, in the current canon. It's not a ton, but it's he's not a better huge than character. The, the series. Better than the series. For Pretty sure, much. It sounds like. Uh, I mean, that was that was pretty much pretty much it as far as my least favorite episodes. It was just that one from season. And again, I did not like them, but they just compared to the rest, they kind of bored me. They weren't as funny. They didn't have as many um, profound dialogue, either from like Hera or Ahsoka or Kanan. And I I thought about it today. I'm like, why does Kanan get all of the profound dialogue? And then I realized who his master was. Yeah, she was like on the jedi council she was like their spirit their spiritual center so she was like uh the one who was like more in tune with spiritual matters and she was one of the more wise ones and who is this his master you're telling us about yeah uh, her name is uh depa balaba she was actually mace windu's um padawan Ooh. so kind of like how anakin had obi-wan who had qui-gon who had dooku who had yoda it was like a lineage that way, you know, it was cool. Windu, then Depa, and then uh, we find out Kanan's Jarrus. name is actually uh, Caleb Doom. Yeah. Right, right. So I thought that was a cool lineage. What do you guys think about favorite characters? Because um, we didn't, we don't get a ton of characters as far as the second half of the show, we get more. Um, but for me, obviously, uh, Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, the clones, um, the clones are always pretty cool. And I, I like Visago, and then we get our yes. we get our Hondo introduction into the show. Yeah. So I mean, I, as much as I like the crew, I do like a lot of the side characters too. Um, and I don't really like well, yeah, and I would until argue the like, end of season one. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. 
Well, I was going to argue like for a lot of people, you know, this is, you know, season one and season two is the introduction to, you know, like you're saying, Kanan and Ezra and Hera and all of these, these great characters. But for me, I kind of started off my thoughts with all of the creatures and animals, because I feel like this is the first time, you know, for me, at least we're getting to see like a, a lot of other creatures in the canon. Um, we get, you know, a couple introduced here and there and in the films, but it's not to the extent that we get in the series where it's like creature after creature after species after speech species. Oh, like so the loath cats and the, the purgle the and stuff like cats, that. We get the fear knocks, we get the puffer pig things, we get the purgle, we see Morai again here from clones. So the, the dire um, wolves, I mean the uh the dire wolves. <laughs> The Loth Wolves, yeah. And then um, I don't remember which season this was. I was just watching clips on YouTube. Uh, I think it was the later seasons where Ezra does the the pick a path and it was like Loth Cat, Loth, Loth Wolves. Uh, it was the season one rhyme. episode when he goes in the temple. I just watched that one. That was good. Yeah, pick a path and all is done kind of mm-hmm. thing. It was so cute. But I think on the other side of that coin, also animals that were my least favorite was like the jupa with the big scary eyes like it had like all those red eyeballs and it was like that big worm looking thing they use zeb as bait (laughs) i know but it was just like i don't want to see that that's Um, true and we get the spiders that we see you know again later in the mandalorian which i know you guys like love that um i don't hate the spiders but i was just like I'm definitely, you know, less afraid of them than cockroaches, as I've said. But yeah, as giant as they were, no, thank you. Don't sign me up for that. But. And as the, as their shells were just absorbing the blaster fire, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't even kill these things unless I shoot yeah. it in the face. Yep. So yeah, I think we mentioned a lot of those. Um, I think the only one I didn't say is Tarkin. I love getting mm. to see him as an animated character. Um, I think his story is just really cool and just interesting. And he's just like a very... Um, mysterious type of of evildoer so I always love seeing him for sure (laughs) my favorite character and he keeps growing on me is Zeb so kind of like what was that I said we know this we know this (laughs) well I would say I mean I feel like Chopper's your number one and then Zeb or or is that that kind of taken over it's I love the sass of chopper because i wish i could be that sassy and get away with it like like how he is oh i would never let you get away with that absolutely not i would a thousand percent allow it (laughs) this is why i love our dynamic (laughs) (laughs) but so like kind of like what Alyssa mentioned between zeb and ezra like they started off like hating 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 each other yes and then (laughs) then he throws them out of the room it's my room too (laughs) Well, and like very early on, Zeb like leaves him for dead and was like, oh, he didn't make it on the ship. And then there was that other time he didn't make it. And he was like, I can't believe I did that again. Yeah, I did it again. I did it again. Gamma Zeb Aurelius. Yes. Right, because Zeb is the is the muscle of the group. You know, he's he's the big guns. And my position in work, I'm more more of a trainer now. So I, I try and act like like his like demeanor. Like, as, like, I'm not that tall of a guy and I'm not that big of a guy. So I try to like <laughs> act like that. Like I'm the, this big meanie that you don't want to cross. I'm but a then, big meanie. <laughs> but, then a, but then a weekend, you know, we're both getting lunch together. 
kind of thing at the at the weenie hut general oh my god get out of my brain because i literally was just gonna say weenie hut jr well because he was just like i'm a big tough meanie but then a week later i'm at the weenie hut general Uh, welcome to the weenie hut jr how tough are you Uh, no it's the salty spittoon yeah I, I do like Zeb. I liked his story, um, especially when when Callus um, pulls out. He has the same weapon, it, the the bow rifle, and he's like, "Only the honor guard of Lasan can carry a bow yes. rifle." I was just gonna bring up the Lasat because we get to see more about about them and and that species and the culture there. Did you enjoy that too, Wyatt? I did. That was yeah. one of my brother's favorite episodes for sure, and it's it's growing on me because I, I do like his species and. You know that um, the Lasat, they they get that from Ralph McQuarrie's original concept of a Wookiee, right? So that's no. what the Wookiees, that's what Chewie was originally going to look like until they opted to not go with whatever Ralph McQuarrie grabbed. A lot of the stuff in this show is is Ralph McQuarrie's design. So it's it's pretty cool. But as, as far as favorite, favorite character for me, I think it's always going to be Hera. Um, yeah. I, again, I like Kanan. The more season one goes through, I you know I, I never hate him. I just think he's okay. But then we get to the end of season one. I'm like, okay, you're you're becoming a little more powerful. Season two, he's a lot better. And then obviously season three, spoiler alert, he goes blind at the you know the end of season two. So that's when it really takes off for me. But yeah, I've, I've always liked Zeb. They don't really show that, do they? They explain it later that it was like a blaster or a lightsaber to the face blast. What for him going blind? Yeah. Yeah, it was um Twilight it was of the Apprentice. Maul, wasn't it? Maul was just like he he caught him off guard and charges him because they were on the same side for a few minutes fighting the Inquisitors. Right, right. And then he distracts him and then charges him and he tries to raise his blade, but it like basically gets him back in the eye. Mm, mm. So, but then he kicks Maul's butt randomly. <laughs> Maul goes to try to kill him, and he's just using his ears and trusting the force blocks it and just throws him off the side <laughs> i was like you go man you've never been that good in this show you could best maul good for you yeah no kidding i mean but i love maul's courage because he, he gets up and just doesn't stop he doesn't it was also interesting that to note that maul knew he couldn't beat vader alone he said that in that episode mm-hmm. so i was like wow so at least he can acknowledge his limitations though I mean, if you were chopped in half and reanimated, you'd probably I mean, know your he's limitations. Also, he's too. also fighting a third degree burn victim. <laughs> yeah. Over no. 90% of his body. Right. You know. But also, he's in a mechanical suit. He has a bit of an advantage. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> in a way. But yeah, yeah. he's the chosen one, too. So there's that. But yes, he's the chosen one. We can't forget. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's transition into our major takeaways from season one and two. All right. So let's keep this going and let's discuss some of the major plot holes that we got connections um, to here from seasons one and two of Rebels. So for me, um, I really liked that we finally got to see that realization that we talked about before between Ahsoka and Anakin slash Vader, that um, they kind of reconnect through the force and consent each other, right? And that that was just kind of a, not so much a plot hole, but more of, the, of a cliffhanger, right? And it was like, do they ever see each other again? We don't really know what their, where their st- story goes because we get episode three and we get, you know, the Clone Wars and everything. And then kind of from there, it's a big question mark of 
do they see each other again and and what really happens between the two of them um i like that we get to catch up with the clones too and we mm-hmm. already talked about this and we get to see santa claus rex and some of the other um clones you know happy and and fat and old <laughs> for lack of better words half blind um half oh, blind well know. he he was he was already yeah he i was gonna say wasn't he already eye. missing an eye then yeah right. i think ventress took his eye in the beginning of the Cold uh, War. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy and then one that i figured out in my research um which i did not know and i'm sure you guys know this that we get a name drop of Hera in rogue one as a general mm-hmm. So I we completely do? missed that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so Andrew, wedged please on the, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was actually wedged. And the guy who voices him, um, who of course now my Dennis Lawson, that's his name. He's actually, I think Ewan McGregor's uncle. Um, Dennis Lawson is on the PA, uh, paging general Sindula, general Sindula to the, it was like the hangar bay or the, the control room, whatever it was. So they actually dropped it there. So that was pretty cool. Um, as far as plot holes for me, um, they kind of fixed some and then they added some. So the, the last thing we see in the Clone Wars up until this point, because they ended on season five up until that point, was Ahsoka leaving the Order. And this is almost a year before we get to, you know, season seven um, of the Clone Wars, which is basically episode three. So the last thing, it, <clears throat> the last we see her, she walks away. Then when we see her in Rebels, she's like, the last time I saw my old master, uh, he was rushing off to save the Chancellor. And then everything changed. So we're like, okay. So she does get to see him again. And then Rex name drops the Siege of Mandalore when we first mm-hmm. see him. He's like, Ahsoka Tano. I fought by her side from the Battle of Christophsis, which was when she shows up in the movie, that's the planet they're on, to the Siege of Mandalore. So that's when everyone started to put it together oh, okay, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin were supposed to be involved in that. So that must coincide with Order 66. So we're like, okay, we're tracking. And then there's the Ahsoka novel, which kind of does it a little bit, the Siege of Mandalore differently than the season seven. It, it The show kind of invented a plot hole now because when Maul goes running away again, Lady Tano, as she starts oh, running yeah. away, because in the book, she had to. Order 66 was done on Mandalore as she's fighting Maul. So she had to run because all the clones turned on her. Right. In the show, obviously, Clone Wars, it happens on the Venator in hyperspace. So it happens differently. So now that the show's version is canon, Maul saying that makes no sense because he was the one who ran away, basically. Mm-hmm. So oh. they kind of... They had fixed that plot hole and then they had reopened it again. I'm like, ah, why do you, why do you do what you do? Because but, it's Star Wars and they love to do that. Yeah. So like I said, they, they fixed some and they added some more, but I, you know, still love it. Obviously. What about you, Wyatt? It's kind of, now that you bring up Ahsoka, I'm kind of changing what I originally had because Alyssa kind of already mentioned it. Sorry. No, you're, you're good. Um, the whole speech um, between vader and ahsoka you know i am no jedi that so fast forward way fast forward to season two of mandalorian where we get the ahsoka appearance and how yes how she won't take grogu because grogu needs to be trained by a jedi and ironically that episode is called the jedi but people who haven't seen 
uh, clones or rebels are probably thinking she's a Jedi. She has sabers. Right. So I know we actually, uh, Alyssa posted a, a meme um, the other week of, you know, how, you know, the, the rest of us look down on people who haven't watched rebels and clones, clones or rebels, right. Try, try, trying to match up, you know, Oh, but this is that. So this, I feel like is like a beginner plot hole that kind of like, like what Andrew said, fixes itself because in clones, we see Ahsoka leave, leave, leave the Jedi order. She's no longer a Jedi Knight, but she's still force sensitive. She well, yeah. still keeps the sabers. And and I think to your point, even if she was a Jedi and, and hadn't left the order and was still involved, um, I don't think she would have taken Grogu either because, you know, obviously we get the reveal that she's looking for Thrawn. So I don't think she would have put him in that danger and like subjected him and tried to train someone while she's, you know, seeking out this, this threat. So I, I don't think kinda, that would have changed things. You got to kind of see how she feels about training Jedi too and what PTSD she could have because the Jedi who trained her killed everybody else and became a Sith Lord. And I think she says in that episode, um, she senses Grogu's attachment to Din Djarin. And she says, I've seen what right. such attachments can do in a fully fledged trained Jedi Knight. Right. And she saw how well that went. And she was just, she probably realizes her own limitations because she said someone else can train him, but she probably realizes her own limitations, saw that her own Jedi training was limited and possibly corrupted a little bit because it was, you know, Anakin training her. So that right. she has to realize her own limitations. So that's kind of, kind of feel bad for her in that scenario too and i feel like we'll definitely discuss this a lot more when we get to season two of mandalorian absolutely sure. i feel like you know one more mandalorian um drop a snippet and then we'll we'll move on i i truly think that moff gideon is working under thrawn because to me that makes the most sense for sure you know we obviously know ahsoka's looking for ezra at this point that's kind of why she's looking for Thrawn because they both left together. So, and Thrawn is so powerful and so methodical in the way that he, you know, executes his plans. Um, so that's my theory that I will definitely elaborate more on. Um, I think he can definitely see a larger picture than someone like Moff Gideon who can see a pretty big picture, but you know, Thrawn's right. Thrawn. It's a little different. Thrawn has that wide angle lens and Moff Gideon is more narrow. Mm-hmm. it's more you know okay this is the mission that this is what we're doing right now he's not looking you know like you said bit bigger picture but we'll, we'll definitely dive more into that once we start talk, talking mandalorian um here shortly um live action so we've do have a couple characters that we've seen go live action since rebels um you know we've got sol guerrera in rogue one we've got um bo katan in Mandalorian, we've got Ahsoka and Mandalorian. Um, but I'm trying to think of other people I would want to see. Alive. We technically get Hondo in the theme park if you count that as live action. Um, but I don't I don't yes count no. it because it's it's not good enough for me. I want more of Hondo. I well, want you it. haven't seen it, so I, I've seen people's recordings. It on doesn't YouTube match it, it doesn't do it justice dude Mm-mm. not at all anyway um, but yeah i hear you <laughs> um i had one what about Ryder? because i would love to see mr krabs in live action 
I mean, we already talked about, we dropped a couple SpongeBob quotes. Oh, <laughs> and plus he was a uh, Savage Press too in the Clone Wars. So he's already oh, had a yeah. Star Wars gig. Snap. Yeah, Clan- Clancy yeah, Brown he, gets around. Yes, Clancy Brown. Exactly. Yeah, I think. He oh, did and really- he was in Mandalorian. I forgot. He was the, uh, he was the Devronian oh, guy. You're right. He was. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. In the Prison Break um, episode thing. She, that was a, such a good one. How did I forget that? I mean, obviously he was in makeup and not really recognizable. <laughs> yeah, he looks kind of <laughs> low-key like the devil, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, he looks like Satan. That's fine. Um, no, he totally, I think, like, again, you know, a lot of these live-action characters, when they go live-action, like Bo-Katan, you know, for for an example, um, they, they take what the actor looks like into consideration for the animation, mm-hmm. but then they, you know, are going to, make it however they want to look and then you know when they you know give the voice actor the opportunity if they do most of the time they do and they they choose that actor to do the live action um it's always really interesting to see how things tend to to mirror themselves obviously skin color not with withholding here uh withstanding here because you know obviously not everybody's got red skin or orange skin or green skin (laughs) in the in the star wars universe um and as human beings but Mm. i think looking at Ryder and looking at clancy brown um it would totally yeah they don't look that different i've seen him with like a a smallish because Ryder's got like the the mustache goatee thing going on i've seen you know uh clancy brown with with just white facial hair so it would totally work yeah and he was just in promising young woman have you guys seen that movie what do you think he was, no, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I think? I'm asking a genuine question. It's a good movie. You haven't seen it? I didn't know that that movie came out. It came out um, in like December and then um, you can rent it now. It just came out for rental because obviously we're in COVID times and not a lot of people are going to the movie theaters, but I won't bring us on a rabbit hole, but I was like, I just saw him in something and it clicked. That's what it was. Um, it's a thriller. And it's basically about this girl who like pretends to go to bars and like seeks out guys who are like doing wrong things and tries to teach him a lesson. And he plays her dad. So it's pretty funny Ooh, to see okay. him as the dad. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, that's, that's kind of my answer. I think there's a lot more characters and like season three and four that definitely are heavier hitters for for live action but he's he's kind of up there Vizago's up there I'd like to see Vizago for sure yeah what about a um live action um Asian callus Ooh, that would be cool for sure perfect perfect hair perfect facial hair but then here's a follow-up question who plays him why do you guys ask this? I, I because I'd love to see um, where your mind goes with this with okay. this question. David Beckham. I'm just kidding. <laughs> David Beckham. Um, wow, He's a that's a really good looking good guy question. with blondish reddish hair stubble. Blondish reddish hair. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously I mean, it, you got to get the you got to get the voice right because his voice, you know, is very distinctive. But there's a few people who could pull off his appearance for sure. Oh my God. So I'm looking this up as we're talking about it and he's voiced by someone who is black. I told you this a few weeks ago. I did not know 
this. No, you. I don't remember you saying this. I don't think I, you said this. I did, and I was like, I don't know why I expected him to be white because there are black people who have British accents. You don't I mean, remember no, me saying that? Well, yeah, John Boyega has is black and has a British accent. Yes, I just don't know why I thought it was a white guy. Like, uh, I mean, they present him in animation as a yeah, white guy. That That's might, why. That might be why. I don't generally like to assume that kind of well, thing. But well, no, and like you can't assume someone's race based on their voice. But when you're given a voice and a yeah, a physical animated presence, then yeah, it's safe to assume that that person. You know, we were just talking about how a lot of the times. They'll look similar. And obviously, I mean, this why, is not the case. why not him for live action, though? Like, that would be cool. And, like, they, they would definitely have to explain that somehow. But <laughs> I don't know how that would work. He's, he spent too much time on Mandalore. But uh, or, or something. On, um, I don't know. So, he's in disguise. It's no. like the Obi-Wan thing all over again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's in someone else's body. But I'm looking it up. It's David... Oh yeah, lo, lo, lo. So um I mean maybe I he think just, maybe he wants voice... to change his skin color. You know, you could do people do that. Oh, uh, I don't know. Let's not get into that. That's a whole nother thing. But no, I think he does such a good job and his acting choices are so great. He's he's one of my favorite characters for sure. But I don't know. I'd really have to think about who's like a dirty blonde that could have that athleticism and like that that you know smolder i, I <laughs> like kind of i kind of rider. have somebody but i don't want to admit this person oh come on give it up i think andrew knows who i'm thinking about who are you thinking uh i don't know who's blonde that i seriously don't like what think marvel oh he hates chris pratt what? yeah you you heard that right as we just lost all yep that was all of our our listeners gone Oh my god. Yeah, he talked he talked about he talks about Guardians of the Galaxy every once in a while. I'm like, you've never watched it. Oh yes, I gosh. have. You have? You Only told me once. you skipped it. Liar, liar. You watch, you watch both of them? Isn't there three? No, the third one's gonna in, in production. They had oh. problems with their director. Um, which we won't talk about. Yeah, I've um, only I've watched them each once just to say that I watched it, but like I've watched Thor like ten times. So if I'm watching them in order, I'm skipping them. Oh my gosh. What about no. like Matt Damon or like Ryan Gosling? What are they too old? Not necessarily. I mean, they can make them look a little younger. You can de-age them. Um, actually, Jensen Ackles from this picture doesn't look too bad. I'm looking it up right now. Doesn't look that different from him either. Um, we'll have to start Jared doing Padalecki. better. We'll have to start doing better research on like our, our casting what ifs over here of who we would want for live action, but um. Yeah, there's a I'm I'm just like looking at all these beautiful blonde men over here. So excuse me. Right, <laughs> what let's, about let's uh get back on track? <laughs> <laughs> one more though. What about Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> I don't know what he looks like with excellent facial hair. So. He's so skinny, but he's um, really skinny. He, I don't think he, he has the acting chops. For it. He's he's got range. He's he's been in American Horror Story and he can get real creepy and wild and scary. Can he get bassy oh, though? Because Callus um, is bassy. Oh yeah, no, he can do that. Okay. Yeah. What about um, and, John and and, and he's a big Star Wars fan. Ooh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski's hair is oh, a little yeah. dark, but he could pull he's it got off. The facial hair. We could dye Bingo. his hair. Yeah, his facial John's hair is excellent. Yeah, John Krasinski is the winner. Ding ding ding! ding. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so I think we're uh, coming to the end of this podcast or we could talk about 
attractive blonde actors uh, probably till the end of time. I yes, say that girl. being a straight white male. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, so I just wanted to say thank you everyone for, for joining us again. Um, and our next podcast, like we discussed at the beginning, is going to be season three and four of Rebels, which we're super excited about. Because I might like that half even better than I like this half. And we're going to have a guest star. And it's going to be my brother, uh, Brian, who we had previously on Consult the Council. And uh, yeah, please don't forget to keep submitting us your questions. We're not going to forget about you. Thank you guys for joining us again and have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.